Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. National columnist Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports, joins us on 365 Sports. Ross, thanks for your time. So this format that we're trying to get to in college football with the 12 teams and more, and I saw the note about some uh, things that uh, Kirk Schultz wants some promises is he annoying everybody, but also yet doing his job to protect he and also Washington State, Oregon State? Well, I think that's probably a, a good way to put it, actually. He, he probably is uh, is representing, um, in a way, his constituents, uh, right? And uh, uh, he is uh, requesting, uh, or he's at least made a proposal to conference uh, commissioners, um and then presidents of the CFP board to uh, to grant him him as in his his league the Pac-12 or the Pac-2 soon enough some some guarantees uh, in order to in order to get his vote for a format change. Uh, so he made that proposal a few weeks ago. Not sure of the current situation with that proposal where it stands, but it certainly received some pushback. From commissioners, I don't expect them to guarantee the Pac-12 or any other league anything beyond 2025. You know, and that's that's the whole. That kind of was really the main part of my my story on Sunday on the CFP is is that there's nothing beyond 25 right now. There's there's no contractual playoff at all. There's no agreement. There's no TV deal. The only thing that binds the 10 FBS leagues and Notre Dame together when it comes to the CFP is the media deal with ESPN, uh, which the last year is 2025. Um, there's nothing signed and no agreement. Although they're talking, negotiating with ESPN and other partners for an extension, it, it hasn't happened yet. So that's what everybody should keep in mind. You know, there's no, no agreement right now. Um, and the big 10 and SEC continue to grab, you know, more and more control, and as they grab more and more teams, right, during realignment. Uh, and, and so it's an interesting situation right now here in Dallas at CFP meetings where Kirk Schulz and, and his proposal uh, in, in the future format and, more importantly, the future revenue distribution model is certainly uh, uh, under examination. Ross, did what the SEC and Big Ten announced last week with this advisory committee about whatever the future is of college football. Was that a shot across the bow, a warning shot, or was that, you know, they just haven't been heard from in a while? Well, I, I think that uh, certain people in college athletics are, are taking it as a a warning shot um, and, and as a, uh, a initial step into a more, um, maybe a, um, a bigger, uh, more significant a relationship going forward in the future with the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to the future of college football specifically, but college athletics. 
Uh, I certainly think a lot of people are taking it as that. The Big Ten and SEC commissioners, at least, want everybody to know that it's, it's just right now an advisory committee. But um, but they're, they're, this, in all likelihood, is a, a step more in the direction of them and their relationship, uh, these two leagues, in running or steering the future of, of college sports. And, and that includes maybe off the field, um, with the advisory committee, maybe coming up with, uh, you know, things for athlete compensation models in the future and settling some of this litigation, but also on the field, right. Uh, with, uh, the CFD and the format and the NCAA basketball tournament as well. Ross, what do you think an acceptable outcome for Kirk Schultz would be? Because I, I'm sure he's not foolish enough to think that he's going to get everything he wants, but there's got to be some middle ground that he would settle for. I, yeah, I'd imagine there is. And, and I had kind of heard that um, there was going to be, you know, maybe a different proposal from him offered at some point, maybe here at the meetings being discussed. Uh, maybe it's a less ambitious proposal. Um, because certainly the first one, right, wasn't going to happen. Uh, and, you know, just to kind of recap all this for your listeners, because it has gotten a little complicated. It may be misunderstood a little bit, but the CFP, you know, approved it a year and a half ago, I guess now, approved an expansion to 12 teams starting this year. Um, and it was a six plus six mile, six automatic qualifiers for the highest ranked conference champions and six at large spots for the next highest ranked teams. And what everybody wants to do, given the Pac-12's implosion, basically, of one fewer FBS league, is to go to a 5-plus-7 model instead of 6-plus-6. So you have five automatic qualifiers for conference champions, and you would have one more at large, seven at large spots. Uh, And and you need unanimity um, across the board. And so you need... Kirk Schultz's votes to vote to make that happen. Um, and uh, that's kind of the situation. And, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought during the, the national championship game when the CFP board met that they would approve the move to a five plus seven. Um, but again, Kirk Schultz is delaying it. And, uh, and you know what, again, he's probably doing something that's for his, for his constituents, for his representative uh, conference and for the future of his content. So you can, you can kind of understand that, but you can also understand why it received um, pretty loud and emphatic uh, pushback uh, to guarantee the PAC two um, slash PAC 12 or any kind of future PAC 12 voting rights or revenue distribution beyond uh, the end of the current term in 2025. Yeah. It, it's, it's simple but complicated, and, and yet he's fighting for his constituents. As you mentioned, there's two of them. Is it to a point where th- that, that he could hurt himself even the, if they survive the short term, uh, that Washington State, Oregon State, with the power of the others in college football, could hurt himself in the future, not now? Well, I mean, certainly if, you know, if he doesn't budge yeah. um, and, he, and, uh, and it stays for these next two years as a six-plus-six, you could, yeah, you could see some kind of backlash. You know, if it if it stays as a six plus six with nine FBS conferences, that would that would mean two Group of Five conference champions get in every year, 
you can imagine the original intent of the playoff was one group of five champion gets in basically every year. So this would mean two. So again, you could imagine that a, you know, nine and four, 10 and three group of five champion um, would be in automatically and would pass up uh, a 10 and two SEC team. Um, or a, a ten and two Big Twelve team, uh, a nine and three maybe even Big Ten team. So there would be mm-hmm. there would be some real issues with that. Uh, but Kirk has the power in a lot of ways to um, to maybe do that uh, to have to have that done. And if, if that's the case, you would yeah you would probably see some retribution. From the other leagues, uh, you, you might you might see that beyond 2025 because again, no contract, no agreement beyond 2025 on the playoff. Uh, really, uh, certainly not in writing. Um, and, and then there's another whole part of this, and that is in November, the commissioners passed a new rule that doesn't need unanimity, and that is changing the uh, minimum for a conference to eight teams. So each league must have eight teams in order to get an automatic qualifying spot. So that basically, right, means that the Pac-2, as you know, since they only have two teams, would not qualify for a an automatic qualifying spot, which it would behoove the, Pac, the Pac-12 or Pac-2 um, to want more at-large spots. And that's where I've thought a lot of people on the board would have expected Kirk Scholes to understand, uh, but you know, at least for now, he he's uh, wanting more guarantees, and we'll see where that goes. Ross, uh, Tennessee is uh, at war with the NCAA. It's uh, it's about to get uh, really interesting in this. I'm not sure um, if I, I kind of feel this way about FSU versus the ACC and and this antitrust suit. Maybe it does never come to court because uh, when it does, there's going to be a lot of people who have to share things that they may not want out there uh, on the on the record, uh, but how do you see this ending? Do you think that this is the thing that, because it seems like with the Big Ten and SEC thing, that it's prompted um, more heavy discussion about what the real future is because the NCAA could spend all of their budget every year investigating people for NIL violations based under their rules. They could... they they could spend every second of every day doing it and still not stop it. So they've got to start to be reasonable about it. Well, you know, this is the case that uh, so many attorneys and, and legal sports, legal experts uh, predicted what, what would happen. Um, this is kind of the big case that a year or two ago, everybody looked to to say, Hey, at some point the NC enforcement is going to start enforcing their, these murky kind of ambiguous NIL guidance or policy and uh, a school is going to sue and we're going to see in a court of law um, if the NCA's rules hold up uh, which in many other lawsuits has not been the case right the NCA has not had a lot of success in in, in, in court uh, so you can view it as a pretty significant case um, and if the restraining order is granted which could be granted any day um, and, and, the, and then beyond that, if a preliminary injunction is granted at a hearing, which is scheduled, I think, for February 13th, uh, yeah, you could see for now, at least temporarily, all the NCAA's NIL policies, recruiting 
NIL recruiting bans and prohibitions, restrictions, whatever you want to call them, they'd all be, um, for now, they'd be gone. They'd be unenforceable. Uh, and, and we all know in the in the other legal challenge the NCAA is facing over its transfer policy right now, uh, players can transfer unlimited right now without without penalty or without waiver. So you could have pretty soon players being able to transfer an unlimited amount and uh, and be able to receive NIL inducements um, in uh, collectives and such, being able to legally tamper maybe as well um, if both of these cases kind of go as many believe. So it, it's, again, and this all goes back to the joint effort maybe between the Big Ten and SEC to try to come up with a different model because the NC rules are obviously being being challenged uh, in, in uh, failing. Ross, the, one more thing. The SMU story, that they come into the ACC thinking they're going to get that distribution and now that's still up in the air. How? Why yeah. would anyone sign something if they weren't sure they would get that? Yeah, um, so that that is uh, another issue that commissioners here in Dallas at the CFP meetings are supposed to be discussing, and that is the, the Power 5 distribution. You know, each – the CFP distributes uh, a different number to group of five teams uh, than, uh, than Power 5 teams. About A group of five schools get about $1 million annually each each school from the CFP. Power 5 get about 5 and a half to $6 million annually. And uh, a few months ago, uh, I think a segment of commissioners, specifically from the SEC and the Big Ten, <laughs> decided that schools that elevate from G5 to P5 no longer will get that Power 5 cut. And they'll just mm-hmm. get their Group of 5 cut. They'll retain the Group of 5 cut, but they won't. You know, it's basically a moratorium on that. And SMU is kind of the first test case. They were under the impression they would get that cut when they agreed to join the ACC. And now that is a that is somewhat in doubt. Not only that. But even their group of five, one million dollar annual cut from the CFP is in jeopardy as well. Hey Ross, thanks for your time. I know it's a busy, crazy time. Just wait a day and something else will happen. We appreciate it. Ross Dellinger. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Wait.